We are very excited about today's show, but before we begin, we've got Craig Hughes of Body by Craig with our product feature of the week. Craig, tell us what you got for us. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, well, I'm Body by Craig. I started this uh, pageant uh, prep coaching business five years ago where uh, we offer comprehensive um, variable training you know, matched to the individual needs of each client along with nutrition uh, supplementation advice and uh, what we call mindset conditioning or the winning mindset, winning attitude conditioning. And we offer all that under one roof. We pull that all together. And the reason we got into that was because we <laughs> saw some very variable results in the pageant training business. Uh, a lot of it was very aerobics based, uh, very conditioning based, um, and, and girls weren't showing up on stage with stage ready bodies. So we decided to introduce prep coaching, which comes from other competitive worlds into the pageant world five years ago, and we had immediate success. Well, I like how you're combining both mindset and body, but for the girls that might not necessarily be familiar with why it's even advantageous for them to see someone like yourself to get their body in shape when their, swim, when their pageant might not necessarily have a swimsuit, like what's the relevancy for those particular girls? Well, first of all, fitness and a healthy lifestyle has to be a top priority uh, among young women today and, and especially in any pageant system, whether they actually do swimsuit or not. But if you are competing in a physique type contest with a swimsuit component, there are a couple of things you need to do. Number one, you have to build an onstage body that is actually proportionate, that actually has a great ratio of muscle to fat. So you can't just be skinny on stage and you can't just be aerobically fit either. You have to be sculpted. So you have to actually look great in that swimsuit for your body type. And you have to look great in that gown again for your body type and the type of wardrobe you're wearing. And a big part of that also is walking, you mm. know, and understanding the stage presentation. And that's why I work very closely with Rachel Stacy, who is uh, competing in Miss Georgia USA this year. But she is an international walking coach now. Uh, has been on a lot of runways all over the world and does this. And that's a very important part of onstage presentation to take that physique and actually do something with it. It's fantastic. Now, for the girls that maybe already have like their version of a dream body, um, you teach on mindset. So why is mindset important to the girls that, that are competing? Well, first of all, any girl who comes to me and says she has a dream body, I can make that body 25% better uh, without question without doubt because the standards for stage are different than the standards for the beach or the standards for just simply being fit or looking great in a bikini somewhere uh, else um mindset conditioning though is extremely critical because as rachel sitting next to me she'll tell you as a major competitor all over the world it's all mindset at the end of the day he's not joking about that one <laughs> it really is uh, is very much a mind game in its own and girls underappreciate that very much until Craig kind of opens your eyes and lets you know and lets you see just how much mental toughness you really need for pageantry. It's, it's a mentally tough game. I train football players. I train a lot of major athletes. In fact, I'm doing football training you know, for an entire team this year uh, up in, here in West Virginia where I happen to be visiting today. And I can tell you right now, my pageant girls have a tougher competition on stage because a lot of the subjectivity, a lot of the variables, a lot of the unknowns, and because the competition is divided into multifacets from interview and everything else. So that self-confidence, yeah. that swag, the ability to stand on stage and get it done is an extremely important part. And also psychologically, I always tell a lot of girls that work with Craig and I, 
that if you can go on stage in a swimsuit and heels, you can do anything. Oh, of yeah. course, don't get me wrong. We're not getting our football players on a stage in heels, even though that would be absolutely hilarious. And I would videotape it every second. <laughs> but still, the mental toughness, along with the physical um, motion of that, it, it all fits together in puzzle pieces that go together in a specific way. Yeah, I told my football team just last week, I said, my pageant competitors are 10 times tougher mentally than you idiots are. hundred <laughs> percent. No, idiots, I, I, I agree with their mental toughness for sure. So I know that you've had tremendous amount of success um, in, in all the girls can see your client list and all the, the different individuals whom you have trained both nationally and internationally. But what's the cost of working with you and where can they go to book you if they want to learn more? Well, first of all, they can go to Pageant Planet and book me, or they can contact me directly on Instagram or Facebook, uh, Body by Craig, um, or email me at Body by Craig or Craig I Hughes at gmail.com or Body by Craig, no doubt, at gmail.com. But the cost of working with me, I, I work a little differently. Um, it's a two-way street, the hiring relationship. The girl has to be able to work with me and has to be comfortable with that and feel like she can succeed, that I can get her where she needs to go. And I have to feel the same way. So I charge a, a one-time upfront commitment fee, which varies depending on uh, the nature of the relationship, the length of time uh, before competition, you know, the referral source, et cetera. And then I charge um, a, you know, an hourly training fee on top of that. Um, the advantage of working with Body by Craig is that I'm independent. I do not work for any pageant director or system. I do not take money directly from any pageant director system. I take it directly from my clients. So my clients are the boss yeah. and I work for them and it's an oasis for them where they can be their true selves, learn how to be their true selves, you know, and express themselves that way. That's why I set it up that way as a commitment relationship That's to work with Rachel. What are your charges? My charges are very, Craig and I have the same type of um, financial, I guess, cost with us and that I tailor my services very much client by client basis. I don't send, I don't set you up with one specific type of walking. I break it down. I give you a foundation of how physiologically walking is more proportioned and balanced, but then I tailor it to you and I bring out your personal quirks. Some girls come to me at different levels. Uh, like they come with Craig with different levels. Wow. So we tailor it very much to you. And also I train girls via Skype, FaceTime all the time. So you don't actually have to meet with me in person, but girls can Same contact here. me and we work something out to make it affordable. Same with me. I'm not training Miss New Zealand every week in my gym uh, <laughs> in Southwest Virginia. It's a 16-hour time difference, and it can be daunting. But I work my schedule, as Rachel does, around our clients. Everything, is we said, is bespoke. It's all customized. It's individualized. And that's why I set it up that way. That's why you work with me. It's an individual partnership. It's one-on-one, -on -one, and we walk down that pageant runway together. Although nobody wants to see yeah. me. Craig and heels. That would be a sight. That would be a sight. I've tried it, Steve, and it doesn't work. He yeah. fell over. Like <laughs> well, so if anyone listening wants to learn more about working with Craig or Rachel, you can also shoot a text to 540-580-7279. Please only text that. No call. But again, it's 540-580-7279. Craig, Rachel, thank you so much. Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, where we help you succeed in pageantry. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome, everyone, to another episode. Today, Jesse and myself, we're going to discuss how to recover from a slip-up. Jesse, set the stage for us. 
Stephen, most of us have an embarrassing moment that they can think about at one point in their life or another. I am one of those people where I don't have many because I just don't get embarrassed often. But on the pageant stage, it's not just you tripping at school or in the mall where you maybe have 20 people watching you. You potentially have thousands of people with their eyes on you. So naturally, the pressure is on, the stakes are higher, and any little slip up can feel like the end of the world. So today, I wanted to talk about how we can recover from a slip up during pageant week, on pageant stage, etc. It, it really is such a good topic because you're on stage, all eyes are on you. Naturally, there's pressure. So even things like walking, if you're not used to having that many eyeballs on you, can be very mechanical. So there's really a high probability that you are going to slip up at one point or the other. So um, you're not alone in this, and you know, this episode is really going to help you understand that you're not alone. Well, and we all react to embarrassment or slip-ups differently. And it's hard to figure out, okay, what is the right way to react? And how are the judges interpreting it? So what we've done today, Stephen, we're going to talk through some options of how to respond that can have a favorable outcome that are kind of the opposite of what we see often. Okay. All right. I like it. Um, do you have like a story or do, do you want to do this bullet point fashion? How would you like to start us off? Well, I, I will say, like, we'll talk about different options instead of our typical format of here's steps one, two, and three. But I did want to talk about a story that seems like a million years ago. But Stephen, and I don't even know, this was more than 10 years ago, Stephen. So you didn't even have, the pageant planet wasn't even a thing because we're coming up on 10 years. But it was when Rachel Smith was Miss USA. And then the year after, Crystal Stewart was Miss USA. And they both fell at Miss Universe. They both handled it totally differently, and the outcome was different as a result. Steven, do you remember that? Were you like on board at that time? You know, I feel like I – well, I do remember it. Um, I, I remember Rachel Smith's reaction. I don't necessarily remember Crystal Stewart's reaction. And I feel like because the girl I was dating at the time, that's why I was in and that's why I was watching it. Mm -hmm. um, but prior to me meeting uh, that particular girl, like I, I didn't – I mean, I watched Miss America. That was that was it. So sure. Uh, so recap for others yeah, that are like down. myself that yeah don't remember. So when Ra Rachel Smith, I think she was Miss USA two thousand five or two thousand six, and then Crystal was the following year. But regardless, not important. So uh, Rachel had this beautiful, fully beaded liquid liquid beaded Cherry Hill gown, and the bead got stuck under her heel, and she fell hard right on her tail. Like, her feet went out from under her, like a total nightmare. She got up, and she immediately did, like, a pivot turn. And when she flipped her hair back, her head back around, she had this, like, megawatt smile. And there was a hair in her lip gloss, like, oh, my gosh, like, to add insult to injury, right? Hair in the lip gloss. And she just, like, <laughs> delicately, like, brushed that hair aside in a really flirtatious way. And like kept on going. And then she ended up making the top five. And it was crazy. And I and I think in that year it was even crazier because the home country didn't make the top five. So it was just like totally WTF, anime. right? Yeah. Yes. But when you watch it back, you're like, oh my gosh. And like when she hit the ground, Steven, her head like snapped back. That's how hard <sighs> she fell. Yeah. And for her to be able to react that way was incredible. Yeah. So that's Rachel. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about Crystal. And Crystal did almost the identical fall. Same thing, a bead under the heel slipped, her legs slipped right out from under her. When she stood up, she like clapped over her head a few times, kind of hyping herself back up. 
And then you could just kind of see throughout the rest of her walk having moments of tension in her face. And you could just tell that she felt awful. And she did not make the top five. So, again, they both handled it with incredible grace, given, given that they were on a million viewership scale. And I would highly recommend anyone that's listening, go watch the two and see if you can spot those same differences. But that's the goal of today's call, today's podcast, is to talk through, okay, what is – what is a graceful way to react to embarrassment or a slip up and what to avoid? Yeah. And long so, story. No, it, it was perfect. I mean, it really is the perfect analogy. And just to call myself out on it, I remember Crystal Stewart's reaction, not Rachel Smith, because I remember the hand claps over the head and like her yep. just kind of laughing and, um, and that being what it was. So, okay, mm-hmm. that's great. All right. So what's the first, um, option, if you will, of how to react to an embarrassing moment. So the first one is actually like a preventative measure, I'll say. And I was just at a pageant this past weekend. So like this is so clear to me and I just had to shout it from the rooftops. Pay attention and be aware during pageant rehearsal. I saw so many people chit-chatting backstage on their phone backstage. Just not cool. So don't even bring your phone to rehearsals. Like one girl did a turn on stage, Stephen, and her phone fell out of her pocket. No, stop it. Yeah. I was like, oh, Lord almighty. Well, okay. So uh, full disclosure, I was at a pageant. I don't know. It was, I think it was last summer. And (laughs) she was playing a game on her phone and then she passed it to me. And she was like, (laughs) it was uh, like Clash of Royale or Game of Thrones. Or uh, Clash of Clans, one of those. And so she passed it to me so she could walk down. No. Yeah. And I saw another girl. She had her phone in her pocket with the screen out. And like somebody was calling her. And it was just a big light thing while she was up and down to rehearsals. Yeah. So, yeah. don't, Don't bring your phone to rehearsals. Don't bring your phone to rehearsals. Listen when the choreographer is speaking. And then use your time on stage wisely. So we did ask our, our followers on Instagram to contribute some of their embarrassing moments. So I want to pepper those in. So the first one with regard to like paying attention and being aware is from Sid in the Sky with Diamonds. And she wrote, forgot to watch where the end of the stage was during evening gown and came about an inch away from falling off. The stage directors jumped to catch me, but I caught my balance just in time. So that was Sit in the Sky with Diamonds. Thanks oh, for contributing that. I bet you like her throat dropped to her belly or belly oh, jumped up to her gosh. throat. One of those moments. And like, you know, Sid, I got your back here. Like this was likely not caused by negligence of direction. It's just a matter of like not being aware of your surroundings. So to remedy that, like really take notice of your marks on stage. Most of the time, I don't say all the time, most of the time they'll be marked with X's or there'll be a specific spot you need to stand. And that's a lot of the time due to lighting purposes. So follow your marks, be extra cognizant of them. And you don't need to like count your steps or be overly systematic because you still want to feel natural and organic, but understand the layout of the stage and do your best to run through your walk on stage as many times as allowable. Um, And that will prevent you from having any of those potential flops, if you will. Yeah, no. And if anything, like if you're doing that during game time and you look down and you realize how close you are to dropping off, that alone can startle you. And then you start to get in your head like, oh my gosh, because you know you jumped on the inside and you start to think, oh, did the judges see it? Did the fans see it? And you get that mm-hmm. embarrassment. And then when you're walking, your walking can get messed up because you're all in your head thinking that like other people have noticed your slip up when in reality, pr- probably nobody did, but you yes. want to protect yourself from yourself. 
I get it. It's totally true. It's like it's a defense mechanism. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. So the, so we talked about like that's one way to prevent an embarrassing moment as a whole. But the first strategy for just getting through a slip up is very simple, Stephen. It's just to move on. Hmm. Yeah. And, and it's like, oh, go ahead. I was going to say like how do you – how do you move on? I mean, I know it's people like, oh, just move past it. Oh, you had a breakup? Oh, move past it. Oh, you fell in front of the love of your life? Oh, don't worry about it. You probably didn't notice. Like, yeah, just move on. How do you start to move on from something that's like wildly embarrassing? Oh, my gosh. So I think I've told this story before on this podcast, but it's one of my favorites. And I'll be mortified if this person ever listens to the podcast and hears me tell the story. Because, like, it was one of those that was just so dramatic that it was comical to me. So she fell in swimsuit. And it was so sad. And she came off stage and she was just like cursing up a storm. Like it's, 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 it's blank over, like, forget this. I'm done. And then the rest of the whole pageant, she was just like this negative Nancy backstage. Like who the heck cares if this eyelash doesn't stay on? It doesn't matter. This is not like I'm going to win anyway. She was just like so negative. And it was Miss America organization when they had swimsuit and it was only 15% of the score. Like Mm. if you go out there and you crush the other 85%, you can still win. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, okay, so it does no good to dwell and feel sorry for yourself, like that role model of a story. So each category, like as we just talked about, it's every category is independent from each other, and you have to focus on maximizing the number of points you receive in different phases. So if you happen to fall down in an evening gown or in swimsuit, you have to, like, put all of your energy once that's all done because it's over. You can't do anything about it. It happened put all of your energy in the subsequent phases so that you can get as close to a perfect score as possible because who knows, like they might have liked how you recovered when you after you fell, like you never know where you're going to fall otherwise. So it's, you have to give it your best. Yeah. And I, I see a, a scenario like this with Olivia Coppola when she won Miss, Miss Universe during her onstage question, which is kind of the, the most popular where people flub up or have embarrassing moments. Yeah. Um, she started to say something and then she was just like, well, you know, you never really fight with your, or you, you're always going to fight with your siblings. You know, so for somebody just to be like, well, you know, okay, you always fight with your siblings. <laughs> kind of change and be that common. Um, and she didn't make a big deal out of it. She's like, well, you know, and then people were like, what? She didn't sound as professional or whatever because she was very conversational in tone. Um, so she just did that. And moved on because yeah. you can almost see the wheels turning. She started in one direction so that, well, mm-hmm. you know, and then she went a different direction. Yes. And I think what you say is absolutely clutch is realizing this is where it's really important to know your, um, know the scores in like competition, how much each phase of competition is worth. Because like on stage for Miss America, I don't remember what it changed to now, but it was like 5%, right? So it was like, yeah, you jack that up. Okay, big deal. Move on. Yep, exactly. So if you're listening, I want you to make a silent promise to me and to yourself. Like, if this happens, you are going to put it behind you and you are going to kill it afterwards. Because I even think judges, if you do that, they will be even more sympathetic to you because they'll be like, wow, that girl showed real poise and real resilience. And I admire that. And they might give you some of those like lovey points after the fact. So promise me you will not dwell on a slip up. Well, and I'll share this story because there is pageant slip up and you recover from that and move on. And then there's post pageant, like stress disorder from the situation, right? Yep. Because yep. it's, if you slip up because you, 
some directors have a stage or they try a new type of stage. The stairs are too steep. The floor is slick. There's a piece of tape sticking. And that might have con- contributed to messing up your walk, having you stumble, something of that nature. I mean, Jesse, you and I, we've both seen it. So for me, there's something that happened in my life and it was like, um, my first business, it failed, right? I mean, I filed bankruptcy and it was like, I had to start all over again and it was a very public business. I had a, um, a football team and it went under. And so it was like in the newspapers, it was in the media. Like I saw myself on nightly news and I was mortified. Mm. However, I mean, I was 23 years old or I think it's time 24, 25 years old. And then, um, I had to start to move on from it. So one of the things, it felt like it was like killing me on the inside. But when people would say, hey, saw the news, really sucks, man. And or like, hey, I saw what happened. And just tone of voice, like I didn't know if they were accusing me or if they were being empathetic because I had all my internal dialogue. And I just said, yeah, you know, it didn't turn out like I wanted it to. Or yeah, you know what? I just failed. Like I just failed my first business, but that's okay. I'll, I'll figure out another way, you know, that sort of thing. That was at the moment really scary. And also when I started to say it, it gave me my power back. So mm-hmm. if you did mess up or if the on, if the MC asked you a question that you didn't fully understand and then it caused you to maybe mess up in the microphone, just own it after. Like it's yep. nobody else's fault. It's your fault and that's okay because it gives you – the power and there's nothing more encouraging to other people and nothing more healing to yourself. If you're just like, you know what? It didn't go the way that I wanted. However, it just must've not been my time. I'll practice and I'll come back next year and then just Mm -hmm. leave it at that. And people will respect you so much more because of it. And that happening, Steven didn't prevent you from starting another business or creating future businesses. And that's exactly what we're talking about here. And obviously, that's like a much larger scope of what we're talking about. But it's a direct correlation to the lesson that we're trying to share. Yeah, because no one's like, oh, my gosh, your first business failed. I'm not going to visit your website. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> nobody cares, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the one person in the room that cared was me because I went through it, right? So yep. um, as soon as I let it go, it, it left. And it was awesome. It was over. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, so well, I'm glad you shared that. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So what's the what's the next way that their next option people have to somewhat rebound from an embarrassing moment? So the next is actually just to keep going. And our girl Jewel Lindman sent this note in on Instagram. So Jewel Lindman, thank you for submitting. Jewel says, during Miss Teen Canada, I was standing on stage about to say my personal introduction. My contestant number fell off out of nowhere, and my first instinct was to grab it. I had to hold it in place with one arm while I said my introduction, then attempt to walk down the runway without losing it. Um, I can totally, like, picture this happening. And, like, numbers fall out, like, fall off during opening numbers. She's messing with it. And, like, as a judge, that would be beyond distracting for me as, like, I would be watching the number to see what happened with that instead of watching her perform. Are you the same? Oh, 100% the same. Like, mm-hmm. and I totally get her reaction because yep. something's fallen off. You just want to, you want to grab it. But then you're trying to, nobody ever practices a walk with one hand trying to hold a sash or um, the contestant number, et cetera. So yeah, I would, as a judge, because that is going to affect her performance on stage. Mm -hmm. And naturally, that's what I'm scoring. Like mentally, yeah, I'm taking note that her contestant number fell off. However, like I'm not going to score a 10 
maybe she was walking down the stage and just let the number fall and she like crushed her walk, I'd totally score a 10, right? Mm-hmm. Agree. But, but there's zero opportunity that you're going to have 10 if you're like one arm is clenched to your number. So yeah, I I'm completely in agreement with you. Like if this happens, you just have to keep going and let it happen. And to Steven's point, exactly. If something just falls off, you are very unlikely to get points deducted. But if you are fumbling around, I guarantee you that you will get points deducted. So like throw on a bright smile and keep going. I had a girl, I saw a girl once lose an earring during evening gown and she just kept walking. And then she got off stage. She told, she told the stage manager this fell off. And then between contestants, they hustled and they got it because they didn't want anyone else to trip. But she still finished in the top five. Mm. And like she still had poise. She didn't let it phase her at all. So it's one of those things that like you just have to let it happen and pretend like nothing, nothing happened. Is that yeah. weird? Is that weird to say? Let it happen. Pretend like it didn't happen. Well, yeah, it, it's I mean, it's kind of like going back to your very first analogy or your story with Rachel Smith. I mean, she let it happen. It happened. Right. And then she got up and then she just pretend like it didn't happen versus mm-hmm. Crystal, which I mean, she when she got up. If you were just turning on the television after Crystal or after Rachel got up, you wouldn't have known. Mm-hmm. If you just would have turned on the television and you saw Crystal clapping over her head, you'd be like, okay, some, something definitely something happened. happened. Right? Yeah, something definitely happened. Yeah, where it's almost, and I mean, <laughs> I hope that I would respond as graceful, gracefully as both of them in that scenario. Um, but it's just, it just, yeah, let it happen and keep going like it didn't happen. So I think that's perfect. Yeah, thank you, Jewel, for submitting. And we don't mean to poke fun. We're just providing insight because, like, I can even think back to cheer competitions. Like, if your hairpiece fell out, it was a point every time you touched it, kicked it, anything. So mm. you just had to let it happen and you had to move forward. And maybe that's where, like, that message kind of came from for me. So, um, like, even if, like, the rule is you have to have your number on, they will likely have seen it fall off and that's not on you. Yeah. And I guarantee you, you'll lose less points by ignoring it than fumbling with it. Yeah, that's great. Thanks. Thanks, yep. Jewel. Um, all right. What's the next option? Something something embarrassing happens. And and side note, if it's embarrassing, it's probably because it touches on an insecurity that you have in some other way. So it's like mm-hmm. and, you know, there is like that negative somewhat judgment talk that can happen internally. That's normal. Right. It's touching on an insecurity. It's also a way for you to grow as a person. But What's this other thing, other option of how to respond? This is my favorite, and it's to address it. And it's growing exceedingly popular for people to be able to address it, like acknowledging your missteps or mistakes in the pageant industry. Because like we are so conditioned to think that we have to be perfect when we make a mistake and like hide it and pretend it didn't happen um, in like a negative way. But sometimes you can make the best of it by responding with grace and like maybe even a little bit of humor. Um, Cause like once you make it known that you're aware of the problem or an awkward issue and like people know that, you know, it's like almost makes it more. Okay. Do you, do you experience that in your life, Steven? Oh yeah. Like when I'm emceeing and I throw out a joke and it just bombs, I, my go-to is like, I, I act, I just take out the pen. I'm like, okay, never say that joke again. Got it. All right. Where were we? <laughs> and, and then you usually get a laugh. Yeah, out of that, you usually you? get. The, yeah, you usually get a laugh because people are like, okay, he realized that didn't that didn't go over. So I was like, for oh, right. sure. Yeah, nobody bats a thousand. You just say that and move on. 
And if you show that you can think on the fly like that, that is a huge like positive for judges because they want someone that's going to be able to adapt on the fly. And like, it just, you might charm the heck out of them as a result. And I can think of a story when I was competing in Miss America organization and talent, we all know wasn't my strong suit, but I, you know, you have to get a talent. So I sang and I was doing, I sang and did sign language, which was not a great idea. But anyway, looking back, I Wait, went you out. you sang and did sign, like you're singing and doing sign language? Sign yes, with- I did that for like two pageant cycles. And then finally I was like, I'm just going to sing and pick a musical theater song. <laughs> nice. Tales okay. of an untalented Miss America contestant. That's it. Okay. Um, anyway, so I walk out on stage. I have a lavalier mic. And for those listening that don't know what that is, it's the mic that like, like clips onto you or they tape onto your face and it's a battery pack that gets tucked somewhere. So I walk on stage and I start to sing. The music comes on. I start to sing. I know my mic is not on. They did not flip my microphone on. So I do the whole song because, again, you just pretend like it doesn't happen. You just keep going. You don't want to ever show that you're sweating. I get off stage and they said, you're going to do this again because we messed up. So literally, thirty, I get off stage. 30 seconds later, I'm going back on stage and they're playing my intro to my music. And I said, I was like, I'm snapping away because it was a jazzy tune. And I said, did you miss me? And it was just like something <laughs> super subtle. And I just had to address the fact that like, I'm back. Yeah. Like you just saw me for 90 seconds, 30 seconds ago, but here I am again. So it just was something that like I addressed it. I didn't dwell on it. They laughed. And I ended up first up in that pageant which again, because I'm not talented, is pretty impressive for Miss America. Yeah. And it was, I think, in large part because I was able to rebound. Yeah, 100%. And I, as a judge and just in life, people that are authentically them are like, they're so endearing because it is rare. I mean, my wife and I were talking about um, our neighbors down the street and we just love them to pieces. I mean, they cuss like sailors and but they, they they like come over if one of them's fighting or whatever and we just love them because they're it's so refreshing of just how authentic they are and they're just so loving and adorable and it's like i'm like wow if we were all just like that it would be amazing yes and i that's my favorite type of person as well someone that can just like laugh about it. It's over. We're done. So it's kind of a culmination of all the things we've talked about thus far, but that is my favorite thing. You don't always have to address it, especially like we said, like just move on from it. But if you feel like in the moment you're confident enough to do so, go for it. Yep. All right. What's the other option that girls have or guys about like when something embarrassing happens? Okay. So as a wise woman named Taylor Swift once said, Mm. Shake it off. Yeah, shake it off. <laughs> so uh, this is comes from the Instagram user Peachy Elena. And Peachy Elena says, During NAM final production, a girl stepped on the back of my shoe and it came off. So I had to dance with one shoe. Very fitting for the shake it off comment. Like she like literally shook it off in the totally. dance. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I love this girl. Like the fact that something so major as a shoe falling off, like, your contestant number falling off is one thing. Your shoe falling off is a big deal. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I'm kind of curious. Well, I, I'm assuming it wasn't a heel because that would be really hard to dance in if you had even two heels on, let alone one. But that's impressive that she just kept going. Super impressive. Like, you can't predict everything that will happen. 
So like being able to go with the flow, like we just talked about and adapt is a quality that every single judge is looking for. And every pageant director would be grateful to have because gosh, don't we know that things don't always play out the way we plan them or expect them to. So like this, this girl would get major points for me, like seeing that happen. Yeah. Because I mean, what's, I mean, as a judge, you're like, okay, what's she going to do? go back, tie her Mm -hmm. shoe, the music's playing, she's throwing off production. I mean, it just would have been awkward. And she just went out there and was just like, all right, this is the hand I was dealt. I'm going to deal it. Yeah, I'll be honest. It probably looked absolutely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like this girl dancing with one shoe on, and maybe it was a heel. By all means, can you even imagine? And maybe it's a tap shoe. I mean, Did you way off rhythm? It wouldn't sound right at all. (laughs) No, the whole thing would have been thrown off. Hopefully it was more of a, like a break dance sesh, but you know, that's you know fingers crossed yeah and like think about it this way you know every judge was looking at her when it happened yeah and like so they that drew the attention the disaster drew the attention but i can guarantee you her positive attitude and perseverance kept their attention and converted it to a positive i guarantee it yeah and you know pageantry obviously everyone is competing to win the title to win the crown Mm -hmm. yeah however there's so many of these you know, things that happen to you that it's shaping you as a man or as a woman and it's helping you to be a better human in the process. And Mm -hmm. nothing is like more character building than something like this that happens, Mm -hmm. like a a failure. Um, I've experienced my best growth moments in my failures and like what I trade my failure or it's like, it's almost like nothing in the world could take me to go back through my failures again because they're so painful. And at the same time, nothing in the world would allow me to trade those times for what they were because they've made me today who I am. And it's, it's that combination of like when you're in it, it's so challenging Mm -hmm. and just embarrassing and, and all those kind of negatives, but there's such great positivity that can come out of it. Um, like through that embarrassing moment. That that's so right. And like, so ultimately what we're really saying here is that how you react to these slip ups is 99% of how it affects your score in a pageant. It's not the slip up itself. It's what happens afterwards. So like, I would even suggest don't practice to be perfect. Practice just to be you. And like one of my biggest pet peeves when I'm doing interview sessions with clients, Stephen is when they're answering a question and they don't like what they're hearing and they stop and ask, can I start over? Hmm. And I say, you can't start over in pageant interview. Prove to yourself that you can get through it. So whether it's you're getting jumbled over your words or you just don't like the direction you're headed, you can say like, so let's walk, let's use that example and walk through each of these opportunities. So the first is just like, well, we talked about moving on, so you can't really use it here. But if you if you bomb a question, take a breath, and be ready to dominate the next question. Don't let it hold you back. The next was keep going. So don't give up. You just have to finish strong. So keep breathing, keep keep talking, work your way through it. Address it. You can say, wow, that made absolutely no sense. What I meant to say was, and then you kind of make them laugh a little bit with addressing that you made a mistake, and then fix it. And the last is just shake it off. Just like you say, you know what, I'm going to run with this. And then you make the mo- most out of a, a negative situation. So that's kind of how you would address each of these opportunities in a situation like that. That's so great. Now, if the girls listening, um, guys listening, if they wanted to work closer with you 
um, so that maybe they could just avoid embarrassing moments altogether. How would they be able to do that? They could do that by visiting pageantplanet.com backslash box. All of our coaching memberships now come with the Pageant Planet box, which is a monthly subscription, goodies delivered right to your door. And now that comes with the different levels of coaching, the virtual mock interviews, the one-on-one coaching sessions, and of course, unlimited written and email support with every single level. That's awesome. Thanks, Jesse.